0: Even recently, there was people saying, We went to Coffee County. and we, we imaged everything. There, there's no evidence of any of that.
1: Yes, yes, there is evidence of that. Your office knows about it, Georgia Deputy Secretary of State Gabe Sterling.
2: Well, I don't I came here tonight. Why are you lying? I got a feeling there's something right.
1: Just asking.
2: I'm so scared in case I fall off my chair.
1: Asking the feds.
2: And maybe. wondering how I get down the stairs. We'll get there. Clowns to the left of me, jokers to the right. Here I
1: am stuck in the middle with you. I am. From Pacifica Radio in Los Angeles, this is the Bradcast, as heard on KPFK 90.7 FM in L.A., also in California, in Red Bluff and Redding on KFOI and Round Mountains, KKRN. Up in Oregon on the Central Coast on KYAQ, Cottage Grove's Queso, Eugene's KEPW. In Lanchester, Pennsylvania on W News. In Maui, Hawaii on KAKU. In Columbus, Ohio on WGRN. Halenville, New York's WLPP. Rochester, New York's WRFZ. Down in New Orleans on WHIV. Out in Gallup, New Mexico on KNIZ. Concord, New Hampshire's WNHN. Fayetteville, Arkansas's KPSQ. KPSQ. In Seattle, on KODX, Janesville, Wisconsin's WADR, Minneapolis, St. Paul's, AM 950, KTNF. We also stream coast-to-coast and around the globe every day on the internets on the Progressive Voices Channel, Netroots Radio, Radio for Humans, NicoleSandler.com, Radio Free Brooklyn, Workforce Rising, No Lies Radio, Verdant Square Radio, Detour Talk, and all your favorite podcast sites, Blanketing planet earth i'm brad friedman your friendly investigative blogger journalist troublemaker muckraker and all-around swell fellow says me from bradblog.com thank you very much for joining us today for another thrilling edition of the bradcast all right well uh, jack smith the uh, special counsel who has recently been tapped by attorney general merrick garland Uh, to focus on probes of both uh, Trump's January 6th insurrection and the classified documents that he stole from the White House.
3: We should point out criminal probes.
1: Thank you very much. Hi, Desi Doyen. Hi. Good pointing. (laughs) Uh, Jack Smith's mandate is actually to probe both of those things and related issues that come out of them. To that end, it's believed that uh, Smith, for example, is... Uh, Investigating the fake electors plot, just one of many plots that Team Trump attempted to use in hopes of stealing the 2020 presidential election. But where investigations of January 6th and the fake electors plot, et etc., are all looking back to bring accountability for those crimes, there is actually still another aspect of all of this that we have been trying to focus on, trying to bring some light to over the past year here at the Bradcast, that is arguably a crime still in progress Nationally. We will get to that with my guest, who uh, this week has launched an effort to try to get the attention of the feds to all of this. We'll get to that momentarily. Uh, But first, some uh, really, really dumb news of the day. (laughs) In uh, in recent days, Florida governor and 2024 presidential hopeful Ron DeSantis, he's been making news. He's called for investigations of federal officials regarding COVID vaccines, pretending that there is some sort of crime or conspiracy or cover-up related to all of this. Told you this was dumb news. Uh, and uh, there has been some new polling that shows that DeSantis is now the preferred by republicans candidate over donald trump for the 2024 nominations now don't make too much of that poll it's only you know one poll these things change lots going to change over the next year or so but in response to desantis making news while trump is you know simpering back at mar-a-lago facing all sorts of legal problems in response to that At his social media site yesterday, Donald Trump teased, quote, America needs a superhero, in all caps.
3: So, you know, he means it.
1: Yep. He said, I will be making a major announcement tomorrow. Thank you. Okay, you're welcome. Uh, Well, now we know what that major announcement is. Today at his website, uh, he he announced, quote, major announcement. My official Donald Trump digital trading card collection is here. These limited edition cards feature amazing art of my life and career. Collect all your favorite Trump digital trading cards, very much like a baseball card, but hopefully much more exciting. Go to, and then he lists his website, the special website for these cards, and get your cards now. Only $99 (laughs) each. Would make a great Christmas gift. Don't wait. They will be gone, I believe, very quickly. Now, the announcement includes a dumb graphic of Trump's head sort of cut out and pasted onto a superhero's body with an American flag for a cape inside a wrestling ring for some reason.
3: Now, we- remember wearing
1: a champion belt.
3: And remember, he says these are scenes from his life. There's also <laughs> yes. one of him dressed yes. as an astronaut in space. Of course. Somewhere in interstellar I remember space.
1: that. Yes. Back in the early 80s when he went to space. I mean, it is so stupid. It's hilarious. But if it is a digital trading card, when I read this thing, it's like, well, how can it be limited or gone quickly? If they're digital, all you're getting is a you know graphic. Well, his video announcement of this major announcement uh, sort of explains it.
2: Hello everyone, this is Donald Trump, hopefully your favorite president of all time, better than Lincoln, better than Washington, with an important announcement to make. I'm doing my first official Donald J. Trump NFT collection right here and right now. They're called Trump Digital Trading Cards. These cards feature some of the really incredible artwork pertaining to my life and my career. It's been very exciting. You can collect your Trump Digital Cards just like a baseball card or other collectibles. Here's one of the best parts. Each card comes with an automatic chance to win amazing prizes, like dinner with me. I don't know if that's an amazing prize, but it's what we have. Or golf with (laughs) you and a group of your friends at one of my beautiful golf courses, and they are beautiful. I'm also doing Zoom calls, a one-on-one meeting, autographing memorabilia, and so much more. We're doing a lot. My official Trump Digital Trading Cards are $99, which doesn't sound like very much for what you're getting. Buy one and you will join a very exclusive community. It's my community. And I think it's something you're going to like and you're going to like it a lot. They also make perfect gifts. So you can buy them with your credit card or crypto. All you need is an email address. Go to... (laughs) <laughs> and buy your Trump digital trading cards right uh-huh. now before they are all gone and they will be gone. Oh will they? This is my first official Trump trading card NFT collection and you get a chance to meet me. Go to <laughs> <laughs> Well done. Right guys. <laughs> now and remember, Christmas is coming and this makes a great Christmas gift. Sure. No purchase necessary.
1: Void where prohibited. No purchase necessary.
3: Yeah, because there's a contest involved in it. You can get an entry to have uh-huh. whatever those prizes that he said were so great, like dinner with him. Uh-huh. You know, or you can just go ahead and pay for a Zoom call with him because apparently he needs money.
1: Well, so ninety nine dollars for a trading card puts you into the, uh, the into the contest. So how do I get into the contest? So I, you uh, so to... I can't get a, a trading card for. For free, is that right? Right. Okay.
3: But you can get entered in the contest <sighs> for free by giving them your email address and your digital information. So
1: confusing. And by the way, that that uh, that sort of laser sound you hear there at the end of that uh, video—that's that's lasers shooting out of superhero Trump's eyes. <laughs> Seriously, in that video, which sounds a lot like he's selling Trump vodka, Trump steaks, all of which went out of business. Very, very presidential. But aha, it's NFTs, non. Fungible tokens, tokens
3: Yes In Do, other words Digital files That anyone can share So there's not so much Of a conclu- an exclusive community That it's attached to that And it's also kind of ironic Because the NFT market Has mm-hmm. collapsed
1: Yeah I was going to say Well it's the greatest scam This side of crypto Which you can also use To buy these uh, scammy trading cards The um, Ron Kowski, A former Republican Turned anti-Trump uh, media guy On tw- Twitter He wrote uh, citing this uh, major announcement, quote, all I can say is that those of us who have lost friends, fought with relatives, resigned positions, been called traitor, left out of our party, all because we saw very clearly what a con man, huckster and fraud this man is, have never felt more vindicated. Well, I should say so. Uh, So good job, uh, Donnie. Very, very, like I say, very presidential, totally presidential stuff like nobody's ever seen before. Keep up the dumb work. Uh, I I have said that it's very it seems very unlikely to me that this guy uh, will ever actually run for president. In truth. Now, I could be wrong, and I believe, you know, he'd be the easiest of the Republicans to beat if he does run. But at this point, it's somewhat hard to believe that he can even win the nomination, even if he does not drop out before the primaries begin about a year from now. Uh, Anyway, I told you it was dumb news in less dumb news this week. But it is funny. It is Uh, A story that I've been trying to get to now for a couple of days. I keep running out of time, but special counsel Jack Smith has sent grand jury subpoenas to Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensperger and to authorities in Clark County, Nevada, bringing the uh, bringing to six the number of 2020 battleground states where state or local officials are known to have received such requests for any and all communications with Trump. His campaign and a long list of aides and allies, as we reported last week, state and local officials in Arizona, Michigan, Pennsylvania and Wisconsin, they received similar subpoenas, all of them like Georgia and Nevada. Now central to President Trump's failed plan to stay in power after the 2020 election, as Washington Post calls it to stay in in power. We call it trying to steal an election. In in any event, uh, together, all of these subpoenas are among the first known subpoenas that have been issued by Jack Smith uh, since he was named last month by Attorney General Merrick Garland to oversee Trump-related aspects of the investigation of January 6, 2021, the attack of the Capitol as well as the probe of Trump's possible, possible mishandling of classified documents at Florida, at his Florida home and private club. So if you thought that Smith's appointment was going to slow things down, well, it sort of seems to have done the exact opposite. In any event, the Georgia subpoena adds to the evidence that the Justice Department is extending its examination of the circumstances leading to the Capitol attack to include local and state election officials and their potential interactions with the former president and his representatives related to the 2020 election. The Department of Justice's long-running January 6 investigation has now moved beyond the large pool of people who directly took part in the bloody riot at the U.S. Capitol to focus on other aspects of the attempts to overturn the election results. Prosecutors are examining the fundraising, organizing, and rhetoric that preceded the January 6 riot and looking at failed efforts to authorize alternate slates of electors, those fake electors. So all of that is well and good. And obviously, there needs to be accountability for those who incited the January 6th insurrection, Donald Trump, and for the scheme to try to uh, steal the 2020 election with fake Slates of electors. But there is another part of this 2020 plot that is, it would seem, actually still underway, still an active crime scene of sorts as we move toward 2024, an aspect that has not been investigated yet by any federal officials or agencies as far as we have been able to tell. And that's what we're going to talk about next with actual evidence uh, and my guest, who has sent a letter this week with 14 other election security experts to Special Counsel Jack Smith and Attorney General Merrick Garland, as well as the heads of the FBI and the Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Agency, detailing the need for an immediate federal probe of this matter. Unlike January 6th and the fake electors plot, this appears to be an ongoing criminal enterprise organized by top Trumpers in several states, several swing states. And it's one which Georgia's Secretary of State, Brad Raffensperger, who was recently subpoenaed by Smith, appears to have been trying to help cover up for the past year or two, on behalf of the MAGA mob that he is pretending to oppose. That story explained, along with some help from Susan Greenhall of Free Speech for People, one of the authors of this letter to the feds. All of that is next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Hey, this is Brad. Here at the Bradcast and Bradblog.com, we fight for election integrity all year around, like no other media outlet in the nation. But of course, we need your help to do it. Please stop by Bradblog.com/slash donate to make an automated monthly pledge of any amount you like, or even just a one-time-only contribution to help us remain on your public airwaves and completely independent. The fight for voting rights, civil rights, and to save our planet continues. Please help us continue that fight independently over your public airwaves by stopping by bradblog.com slash donate right now. Go ahead, do it right now. From Desi Doyan and myself, thank you. Yeah, we'll be watching, but will the federal investigators be watching? Is anyone other than us uh, watching some of this stuff? That's a good question, one we're going to talk about momentarily here. Welcome back to the Bradcast. Brad Friedman from bradblog.com. So you may remember when our friend Marilyn Marks of the Coalition for Good Governance, the nonprofit election watchdog group that is suing the state of Georgia to end their use of unverifiable touchscreen voting systems. You may remember when she joined us some months ago on the show earlier this year to share part of this phone call that she received sort of out of the blue from some guy named Scott Hall, apparently an Atlanta businessman who kind of confessed to Marilyn on this call that she was smart enough and quick enough to record part of that, that he and a bunch of other MAGA Trump right wingers were actually granted access to proprietary voting system software in Coffee County, Georgia. They were granted access to. By the county board of elections there, it's a very uh, Republican part of the state. And as we would later learn, uh, they were given help on all of this by the head of the local county Republican Party. They were allowed to make secret copies of all of the software on the county's proprietary Dominion voting and election management systems after the 2020 election, which Marilyn caught in, in this phone call. Here's part of it.
3: You know, I'm the guy
2: that chartered the jet to go down to Coffee County to have them
3: inspect all of those computers. I went down there. We scanned every
2: freaking ballot. You know, the same people that went up to Michigan, okay, and did all that forensic stuff on the computers... And they sent their team down to Coffey County, Georgia, and they scanned all the equipment, imaged all the hard drives, and scanned every single ballot.
1: They imaged the hard drives? Yes. How in the world did you get permission to do that?
2: We basically had the entire elections committee there. Okay, and they said, we give you permission, go for it.
1: Now, why that guy thought it was a good idea to call Marilyn Marks and tell uh, her about all of this, well, that's uh, still a question that is unknown. But here's the thing, because all counties in Georgia are forced to use the exact same unverifiable, incredibly vulnerable touchscreen voting systems uh, and software, that means that breaching the software of one system in one county also means that you now know all of the vulnerabilities of all of the other systems in all of the other counties in the state because they all use the exact same systems as ordered by Georgia Secretary of State Brad Raffensberger after he lost a long-running federal lawsuit by the Coalition for Good Governance when they were seeking to ban the state's previous vulnerable, insecure, 20-year-old touchscreen voting systems, only to see them replaced by new ones with many of the same vulnerabilities. And once you've copied the software of one of the systems in one of the counties and know the vulnerabilities of all of the systems across the state of Georgia, you now also know the vulnerabilities of all of the identical systems that are used in other states around the country in about 13 different states made by the same company. In this case, Dominion Voting, because they all pretty much use the exact same software on their voting and tabulation. Uh, election management systems. And when this breach originally came to light, the breach in Georgia, Coffee County, Georgia, that came to light in the uh, spring of 2022, thanks to Marilyn Marx, it caused sort of a freakout here in California because it was just days before the state's, uh, well, the state Republicans had attempted to recall. Democratic Governor Gavin Newsom in an election with those same exact proprietary and highly sensitive election management systems made by Dominion being used in several major counties here in California. While all of this was discovered thanks to that lawsuit by our friend Marilyn Marks at the coalition, it was also discovered that the secretary of state's office in Georgia knew about the matter early on and did not let anyone else know about it and arguably lied to the public and in the lawsuit when they were asked about it in late August of this year. The Associated Press's Kate Brumbeck reported in a story on all of this that the general counsel for the Georgia Secretary of State's office said in a declaration filed in court on August 2 that the office had opened an investigation back in mid-March, presumably of this year, 2022, and brought in an expert to perform a forensic inspection of the Coffee County election server. The next steps, he said, are to complete the forensic investigation and interview witnesses. But as we previously reported, the following month in April of this uh, of 2022 at an event at the Carter Center in Atlanta, supposedly on, uh, quote, restoring confidence in American elections, Secretary Raffensperger's top lieutenant, Gabe Sterling. He's the guy, you may have seen him, who after the 2020 election, he famously went before the cameras to angrily call on Trump supporters to stop their harassment of Georgia election officials before someone gets killed. Remember that guy? Well, at this conference in Atlanta at the Carter Center, he referenced the Coffee County breach by saying on April 29th that, well, it never happened we had claims even recently there was people saying we went to coffee county and
4: we we imaged everything there's no evidence of any of that it didn't happen
1: but it absolutely did happen and we do have the evidence and we had it by the time he was talking at the Carter Center and surveillance security cameras now at the Coffee County Board of Elections that were subpoenaed during the discovery process in the coalition's lawsuit even further proved all of this. It showed all of these characters coming into the office repeatedly to copy and examine the systems. Even as the secretary's office opened an investigation in mid-March of this matter, or claims to, and the deputy secretary of state, Gabe Sterling, then went on to claim in late April that there is no evidence it didn't ever happen. But we know that it happened. So did the secretary of state ever actually investigate? The Atlanta Journal-Constitution, which has Sadly, barely reported on this story at all over all of these months in the Peach State, Uh, taking a backseat, apparently, to reporters at Washington Post and AP. Well, they finally reported on the matter this week following a letter by a separate nonprofit good government watchdog group called Free Speech for People. They uh, wrote a letter to federal officials seeking a federal probe of the breach by these MAGA figures in Coffee County and in several other states. The AJC, Atlanta Journal Constitution, quotes from the Free Speech for People letter, noting, "Quote: The Coffee County breach was just one element of a coordinated plan to access and copy voting system software from multiple states, multiple jurisdictions, and different voting system vendors." By lawyers acting on behalf of the Trump campaign, possibly constituting federal crimes. The scheme, as Washington Post has reported, was actually being run and paid for by, well, loony Trump attorney and conspiracy theorist Sidney Powell. And it mirrored similar voting system software breaches, the one in, in Georgia did, with other breaches in multiple counties and townships in several several other states, including Michigan, Colorado, Nevada, and apparently Pennsylvania. As the Atlanta Journal Constitution notes this week, after copying the data in Coffee County, it was distributed through a website to conspiracy theorists who deny the result of the 2020 presidential election, which Trump lost in Georgia by about 12,000 votes. As the letter from the experts at Free Speech for People reads, quote, Because this plot was orchestrated by individuals currently under investigation for their attempts to overturn the 2020 presidential election, it is possible that the coordinated efforts to obtain voting system software was also part of an ongoing conspiracy to overturn elections. Several other people involved in Coffee County also coordinated election data copying in other states, including Sidney Powell, another attorney for Trump. Jesse Banal, organized election information copying in Nevada. Powell was billed over twenty-six thousand dollars by an Atlanta tech company to copy the election information in Coffee County, and that same firm also worked for Trump's attorneys in Antrim County, Michigan and in Clark County, Nevada. Later, in January of 2021, the uh, paper notes surveillance video showed that two other people also visited the Coffee County Elections Office repeatedly after the breach there. That would be Cyber Ninja's CEO, Doug Logan. Remember him? The guy who led the controversial Republican so-called post-election forensic audit, in Arizona after the 2020 election. And another guy by the name of Jeff Lenberg, a computer security consultant who analyzed voting equipment in Michigan and Mexico. So it's all the same people. This all happened. It's all well documented. And according to FSFP's uh, Free Speech for People's 14 page letter to U.S. Attorney General Merrick Garland, to recently appointed special counsel Jack Smith, to the head of the FBI, Christopher Wray, and the director of the Federal Cybersecurity and Infrastructure Security Agency, or CISA, woman by the name of Jen Easterly, all of this needs to be investigated now by the federal government at this point. Even if I don't believe there is any sign yet that that is happening. The letter was signed by about 15 computer science Cybersecurity and voting system experts, at least half of whom I should note, have appeared on this program over the years. The first signatory is Susan Greenhall, the senior advisor for election security at Free Speech for People. And I am happy to say she joins us again today. Susan Greenhall, welcome back to the broadcast.
0: Thank you so much, Brad. It's good to be here.
1: Good to have you. Uh, so, uh, Susan, what is the uh, the main voting system security uh, concerns that you and your fellow signatories here? Uh, again, a lot of folks who have been on the show over the years. Uh, what What is the main security concern about what these folks did in these various states? We'll get into what the authorities in Georgia didn't apparently do uh, in, in a bit. But what's your fear about the actual software breaches in Georgia and several other states? What can what can come of that as you see it?
0: Yeah, that's a great question. So now that they have this software, and mm-hmm. that's not just the data of the election, that's not just the counts of the votes. They mm-hmm. actually have the software that runs the machines that, that count the vote, that mm-hmm. define the ballots, etc. They can install them on their own equipment and create, a, like, a mock voting system, and they have all the elements of the voting system, from the poll pads to the election management system, which aggregates and reports totals mm-hmm. and everything in between. Um, so they can they can create their own election system and then develop ways and de- first probe it to find mm-hmm. out how it's vulnerable and also develop um, exploits, ways that they can exploit those vulnerabilities. They can decompile the software to study the source code and understand how they might um, create malware
2: mm-hmm.
0: that could... Um, as uh, malicious software that could get in and, um, you know, wreak havoc with the way the votes are counted. Uh, malware can also be be designed to be undetectable in many ways. Mm-hmm. So if you wanted, you could use it to disrupt an election so that people can't vote and that it's known, or you could do it in ways to disrupt and manipulate an election that is, or, you know, manipulate mm-hmm. tamper with an election that is not visible to um, outsiders. Um, or you could just use the software to uh, create disinformation campaigns and say uh, this proves that I can show I can show you how this uh, um, election system was compromised and how why it counts incorrectly and we don't even have to imagine that because um, that's already been done and that was uh, by Matt Deperno mm-hmm. who is um, the the guy that ran against Dana Nessel for the Attorney General's position in Michigan, and he's also quite a famous election denier, and he had a copy of voting system software that was obtained um, extra-legally in Michigan and put it on machines, and then he put up videos on YouTube that said this is how we manipulate, or rumble, perhaps, Mm -hmm. um, put up videos that said this is how we can manipulate these systems. (laughs) So um, while there are some people that Uh, the, the chance of manipulating elections going forward is very real there's also—we already know that uh, how this software can be used um, directly to discredit and delegitimize our elections.
1: And that is just one of the many points that apparently uh, J. Alex Halderman, he's a University of Michigan computer scientist. Uh, he was uh, given access to this software in that lawsuit, uh, Marilyn Marks uh, Coalition lawsuit. And the vulnerabilities that he discovered apparently were so troubling that the judge, the federal judge in that case— refuses to um, even uh, grant full access to Halderman's study even to the 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 plaintiffs and the uh, and the defendants in that case because she's so concerned about you know how sensitive these systems are based on Halderman's findings and warnings. Now, that said, Susan, we just had a big election across the country where all of these systems were used. The MAGA folks who who breached these uh, systems and made copies of the software in all of these states, they had at least a year to work with them to figure out if there were any exploits they might have been, you know, wanted to use in 2022. Is there any evidence that they did so in the actual 2022 midterms?
0: I've, I have heard of no evidence at all that there was anything done to um, uh, any credible allegations of any um, mm-hmm. information that, or any information at all, in the twenty twenty two elections or the twenty twenty election, how the the um, systems may have been compromised. So.
1: I, Sorry, well, I was going to say. So, doesn't that mean, hey, no worries? It, you know, if they could have used their knowledge to exploit the system, wouldn't they have already done so? Uh, so,
0: I one thing I, I'll say, I I think we've gotten a little bit lucky in that the people that are that have this software that we know of right now uh-huh. are um, have not the the. the most keen minds for this, those sort of attacks, I'll Mm -hmm. say, (laughs)
3: Um,
0: and I think that our biggest concern is what happens when people that are smart and motivated, (laughs) that are both smart and motivated, I think these people were are motivated, um, it will attack, uh, (laughs) it will will get hold of this Uh stuff, this software, we might be in a bigger bigger problem. You're trying...
1: You're trying to be uh, polite and not call them really, really stupid, it sounds like to me. (laughs) But, uh, uh, you know, Mike Hassinger, a uh, a spokesperson for the Georgia Secretary of State's office, he was quoted by Atlanta Journal-Constitution as saying, and, and he's sort of, Susan, putting you in that basket with uh, those other folks, he's saying, quote, uh, Georgia election results accurately reflect the will of the people of Georgia, and it is nothing but a con- it is nothing but conspiracy theories and election denialism to say otherwise. Are you, Susan Greenhall, a conspiracy theorist and an election denialist, just like the MAGA folks who actually broke into these computer systems to make these copies in, in the first place? Your Your response to Hassinger?
0: yeah I that um those remarks I've seen those it's um it's kind of the most rank opportunity to try and smear your critics because they know very well that um, the curling plaintiffs and the people that have been concerned about um, the the voting system in Georgia like our organization are not election denialists or conspiracy theorists um, The effort by um Marilyn marx's uh lawsuit mm-hmm uncovered the fact that the real election denialists are the ones that uh, appeared to break the law and access the voting system software whereas the plaintiffs have always abided by the law and the courts ruling um, and uh, it's you know it's 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 a you know, bad communication been job, in my opinion.
1: Now, your group is uh, Free Speech for People is now seeking a federal investigate. You're trying to make a federal case out of this, Susan. <laughs> um, Secretary of State Raffensburger in Georgia, his office has claimed that they were investigating the breach in Coffee County, but it appears that they were actually, as far as I can tell, Um, trying to actually hide this matter more than investigate it. Uh, They simply replaced the server in Coffee County that had been breached with another identical one. Doesn't seem like they really told anybody. Nobody would have known about it if not for Marilyn and her recorded uh, call from that knucklehead Scott Hall that we played at the beginning of the segment. Do you have any belief that the Secretary of State's office in Georgia is actually investigating any of this?
0: Um, well, since it was sent over to the GBI in August, um, the Georgia, late, Bureau,
1: Georgia Bureau, Georgia Bureau of, of Investigation, investigation yeah.
0: in late in summer, this mm-hmm. like July, August of this past year, mm-hmm. um, we have seen some activity uh, uh, regarding the Georgia Bureau of Investigation that they've they've actually started to do some investigation. But that was only after the story had been hitting the front page of The Washington Post mm-hmm. and on CNN. And um, it. It, in the interim time between um, the state hearing the the recording um, and before there was a lot of press coverage on it, there it really wasn't any visible activity that there was any sort of investigation. Um, but I'll even go back further: is that this this event actually happened in January of 2021, yep. and in the spring of 2021? So the election director that permitted all of this was. Uh, forced to resign in February under circumstances that don't are, are quite unclear. We don't really know why she was forced to resign. Mm-hmm. Um, and the guy that came in afterwards saw a couple things that worried him. First was that he found Cyber Ninja's business card, Doug Logan's business card, um, in the office, and mm-hmm. he thought this is troubling, and he wrote to the Secretary of State's office. And he also, when he tried to get into the server, he used the password that the Secretary of State's office told him was the right password, he couldn't get in, and it appeared that somebody had changed the password, and the Secretary of State's office was unable to get access to the server. So in the spring of 2021, they came in, switched out the server, after knowing that cyber ninjas may have been in the office, mm-hmm. um, and that the election director, or the previous one, had to be let go for, we don't, we don't know what they knew mm-hmm. at that time, so... Um, but nobody bothered to try and find out why the password was changed or what was that about and that is very troubling
1: Um, Even though you had a guy, you know, like a bad Batman movie who left his card at the scene of the crime, (laughs) Cyber Ninjas was here and uh, nobody bothered to look into that. So, I mean, I don't is is the Georgia Bureau of Investigation now theoretically looking into this? Are they do you have confidence that they actually are versus trying to make it all sort of go away as as the uh, Georgia Secretary of State's office seemed to be doing?
0: Yeah, that I, I I can't really speak to you because I don't know, you know, what their motivation is or what exactly they're doing. Although mm-hmm. I said we've seen you know activity, but I will say this: that the Georgia Bureau of Investigation, even if they were executing the most robust investigation into this, is not enough. Mm-hmm. And the reason it is is because the evidence that um, came out from the discovery by these private in their private civil lawsuit that mm-hmm. they're paying for on their own dime, mm-hmm. um, which they should, you know, mm-hmm. arguably arguably should have been, you know, the responsibility of the Secretary of State's office to uncover all of this. But they found in those communications that, um, as we mentioned, Sidney Powell, as you mentioned earlier at the top, that Sydney mm-hmm. Powell paid for this, but she they mentioned that this is part of a larger deal that they had going to also go into other states, like mm-hmm. Michigan and Nevada, to try and copy the software there. And that makes it a multi-state enterprise, which could um, implicate criminal federal criminal laws. Mm-hmm. And furthermore, there's other evidence that shows that this whole enterprise of getting the software was meant to be in service to overturn the 2020 presidential election which is what jack smith is supposed to be investigating yeah. and if people were unlawfully accessing voting system software with for the purpose of serving that larger um uh, effort mm-hmm. um that culminated with a violent insurrection at the capitol um or, or you know that that was part of it. You know that was the apex, mm-hmm. but they were still continuing in the days after to see what opportunities they might have to try to overturn the election. Um, then that should be part of the investigation of that investigation as well.
1: It, it certainly seems so. I mean, we we see various efforts by various state agencies. For example, in Colorado. Uh, Mesa County, Colorado County Clerk Tina Peters. She's been charged with 10 criminal uh, counts, including seven felonies, three misdemeanors related to pulling off a similar scheme in her own county to make copies of her county's own Dominion voting system software in the middle of the night. Uh, That, you know, at, at least that state seems to be taking that matter seriously. But you're right. It's clearly broader. This was clearly going on in a bunch of different states all at once and seems to have been organized by the same, organized as in quotes, by the way, but organized <laughs> uh, by folks like Sidney Powell at the top. Now, uh, Susan Greenhall got just a minute or two here, but, uh, you know, do is there any evidence so far? The feds, we know, are already investigating um related matters do we have any evidence that they're investigating this particular issue we know for instance that the recently appointed special counsel jack smith who you write to in your letter uh he recently subpoenaed georgia secretary of state brad raffensperger for his communications with donald trump and a bunch of other folks in the maga cinematic universe including Sidney powell is it possible that that probe is already looking into this matter? Can do you have any evidence of that?
0: We have seen no evidence of that, and and that includes that some of the key players were asked in their depositions, "Have you been contacted by the Department of uh, mm. by the uh, Department of Justice?" And um, no one has said yes; gotcha. they all say no. So we had affirmative evidence. Um, before the letter went out, and then since a lot of the reporters have, you know, gone and followed up, and they can confirm that Coffee County has not received any subpoenas and that the Georgia Bureau's Investigation has said the DOJ is not involved in their investigation. So um, we, and the subpoenas that went out from Jack Smith um, all appear to be targeted to people that may have been involved in the fake electors plot, and also, um Regarding you know, pressuring officials within the states, but it doesn't. Mm-hmm. There's zero evidence that um, that those subpoenas would be contemplating this software breach. It, it there's you know it's not the right list of people that are on there. So we we unfortunately feel confident that they're not yet looking at
1: this. And yeah, unfortunately, because like you say, Jack Smith. We know he's investigating you know, January 6 in and related matters, including apparently the fake electors plot, but. This matter seems, to me at least, to be as, uh, as as critical as all of it, if only because it was co- a coordinated effort in several states and arguably even more important in some respects than the other matters, than the fake electors, than the insurrection, in that this plot is potentially still ongoing. It is moving forward. It is not over as far as, you know, looking back. This plot is still happening, is out there. The software is out there. It still gives them uh, a means to game elections moving forward. So I hope and pray, Susan, that you get Smith's attention on this. Uh, Is that the right way to look at this? And have you heard anything back from any of these uh, federal agencies, the DOJ, the FBI or, or CISA, in response to your letter yet?
0: No, we haven't heard anything back, unfortunately. But, yeah, I, I agree 100%. And I think that as they dig in, I hope that they, this will catch their eye, because one other point of information is that there was that draft executive order that Sidney Powell had created that was going mm-hmm. to seize voting machines and rerun the election. Um, it. Sites that they have evidence from Coffee County, Georgia, in it, mm-hmm. so we can see how that was outlined. There was expect they were expecting to fill in some blanks there with what they thought they would get to, to show um, uh, evidence, quote unquote, that mm-hmm. the election was stolen and needed to be rerun. <laughs> yeah. But uh, so it is, you know, it all kind of fits together in in a lot of very un
1: savory ways. <laughs> yeah, it does. They uh, Exactly. It's an example of how they could still use this material going forward. It's also interesting that they noted, Sidney Powell noted, uh, Marilyn Mark's lawsuit against the state of Georgia using her evidence and her experts without permission uh, to try to make the case that, uh, oh, this is why we need to rerun elections. Interestingly, I should point out, Marilyn Marks has noted that she has found no evidence of uh, fraud in any way that would have changed the results of the 2020 election, uh, despite being used by Powell and her crew uh, to try to make their case. Uh, Susan, I hope you'll stay in touch with us. If you do hear back from any of these federal officials, I do hope they're investigating. Uh, and I want to thank you and the other uh, your 14 or 15 signatories on this letter for trying to get the attention of the feds. This definitely needs to be. Uh, you'd, I'm glad you're making a federal case out of it. Susan <laughs> Greenhall is a longtime indefatigable election integrity and transparency expert and advocate. She is now senior advisor on election security at freespeechforpeople.org, one of our favorite groups. I hope you will support them. You can find them on the Twitters at FSFP, and their website is freespeechforpeople.org. Susan, thank you so much, and have a safe and happy holiday. Thank you, Brad. You too. Thanks. Okay, we will see what happens.
3: Yeah, I mean I'm I have to say that you know you had mentioned that the 14 or something signatories on this particular letter mm-hmm. to Jack Smith and the Department of Justice that they are all people who are basically the leading lights of the election integrity movement and I am very glad to see the say that
1: real election integrity the real movement life. not the fake maga Exactly, thing. the yeah.
3: actual experts who actually do this stuff for a living who are actual non-partisan attempting to make sure American elections are as free and fair and secure as possible. I am very glad that they are still continuing this fight and that they haven't decided to stop because, you know, it's the holidays. Computer
1: scientists, cybersecurity experts, voting system experts, Duncan Buell, Rich DeMillo, Harry Hursty, David Jefferson, Lowell Finley, Philip Stark, uh, and and others that we have spoken to multiple times on this program over the years. So uh, there are good people behind this. Let's hope that Jack Smith uh, and uh, the FBI and Merrick Garland, pay attention because this is, like I say, an active crime scene. Yeah. This is still this plot still is still underway. All right. Take a quick break. And I don't think I teased it at the top of the show, did I? No. But Desi Doyen and the Green <laughs> News Report is coming up next on the broadcast. I'm Brad Friedman. Okie dokie. Let's see. Some some, uh, scheduling, uh, uh, holiday scheduling announcements Uh uh, coming up. Well, we'll do it after our latest (laughs) Green News report. I cannot overstate this, but rapid warming in the Arctic is
0: profoundly affecting the more than 400,000 indigenous people who live there, and in many instances is upending their entire way of life.
3: Climate change is deeply disrupting the Arctic, new report from NOAA Finds. Rapid oil and gas expansion poses an existential threat to the world's forests. Plus, the world is gradually shifting towards a greener future in a bid to safeguard our planet from the ongoing climate crisis. European Union agrees to enact world's first carbon import tariff.
1: All of those agreements and more straight ahead from bradblog.com. I'm Brad Friedman.
3: And I'm Desi Doyan.
1: Stand by for six minutes of independent green news, politics, analysis, and snarky comment. The evidence is clear.
4: Human-caused climate change is transforming the snowy and icy Arctic into a warmer, wetter environment.
1: You mean a delightful golf lover's paradise, plus oil drilling. This is your... Green News Report. Okay, Desi Doyen, golf lover's paradise and oil drilling aside, (laughs) this new report from NOAA on the Arctic is really, really disturbing.
3: Yes, it is. Human-caused climate change is destabilizing the fragile Arctic with consequences for indigenous peoples, wildlife, and extreme weather around the planet. The new Arctic report card released this week by the National Oceanic and Atmospheric Administration finds that the past seven years in the Arctic have been the hottest seven years since at least 1900. That is fueling warmer, wetter, and stormier conditions and accelerating the loss of sea ice, impacting wildlife and the people that depend on it.
1: Does that mean it was this warm back in the 1900s?
3: No, that means that that's as far back as records go. Got it. The Arctic is warming at a faster rate than the rest of the world, and scientists say that, in turn, is weakening the jet stream, causing extreme weather systems in the northern hemisphere to stall, intensifying their effects, like Hurricane Harvey and the deadly record-breaking heat waves in China and the Pacific Northwest.
1: So what happens in the Arctic doesn't stay in the Arctic.
3: In the Democratic Republic of Congo, more than 140 people have died in catastrophic flooding after rains flooded the capital, Kinshasa. The country's president in Washington on Tuesday for the U.S.-Africa Leaders Summit said the torrential rains are a consequence of wealthy nations' climate pollution and their failure to act to cut their emissions. Sounds
1: about right.
3: He called on rich nations to fulfill their pledges to assist developing nations with funding to adapt to climate impacts so that those developing nations don't have to turn to oil and gas exploration to raise revenue.
1: Which is, in theory, what they agreed to at the recent U.N. climate conference, but they got to work out the details. It may take a while.
3: Oh, yes. And that was the topic of a new report released this week at the UN Biodiversity Conference in Montreal. The new analysis from nonprofit Earth Insight warns that the world's two largest rainforests in the Amazon and the Congo basins are under accelerating threat of rapid oil and gas expansion. The report finds fossil fuel development poses an existential threat to the world's forests, biodiversity, and millions of indigenous people living in areas slated for new oil and gas development. And it matters because rainforests serve a crucial planetary function by absorbing a significant chunk of humanity's carbon emissions. At the conference, Elizabeth Wathuti of Kenya's Green Generation Initiative called for protecting nature and its ecosystem services that are critical to preserving climate stability. We need nature to be at the front and center. When we destroy nature, it means that we are destroying our own life support system in the process of, We are destroying ourselves as humanity. But some good news. The European Union Parliament struck a deal this week to establish the world's first carbon import tariff, called a Carbon Border Adjustment Tax. The EU's proposal would slap a tariff on imports of carbon-intensive products like steel and cement to prevent European industries from being undercut by cheaper goods made in countries with weaker environmental rules.
1: Good, like us, for example.
3: Exactly. Effectively fighting climate change through global trade, which would also pressure Europe's trading partners to decarbonize their own industries.
1: Good. Competition. Free market. I like it.
3: EE News reports that congressional Republicans are interested in Europe's carbon border adjustment mechanism in the U.S., but as a way to counter China, not because they suddenly support climate action.
1: Correct. Because they're isolationists.
3: And finally, good news. The City Council of Los Angeles has voted to ban the sale and distribution of styrofoam products, which are not biodegradable and not recyclable. The council also expanded the city's ban on single-use plastic bags to combat the costly scourge of plastic pollution.
1: Well, it'll be an apocalypse here in L.A. before long. At least that's what they'll tell us on Fox News. For much more on all of these stories and the ones we couldn't get to today, check out our website at greennews.bradblog.com. Find, follow, and share us planet-wide on the Facebooks and the Twitters at Green News Report. I'm Brad Friedman. And I'm Desi Doyen. And this has been your Green News Report.
4: No dread. Papa's got.
1: Uh, I'm I'm not kidding. I'm on Fox News Watch for when they start talking about the uh, coming Los Angeles Cubopolis
3: or something. How will people manage to eat and drink if they can't use styrofoam? Oh,
1: it'll be terrible. Horror. I hope we all survive. Uh, okay. Uh, let's see. Speaking of surviving, I've got to, we're actually off on our next broadcast as I come to the, what I hope is the end of my continuing long Adventures in dental. Dentistry.
3: <laughs> dentistry,
1: yeah. So we are off, but we will be back. We're not gone for the holidays just yet. We'll be back for, I think, two more shows thereafter, one of which is now another January 6th committee hearing of yes. some sort. Yes. Where we expect that they're going to uh, either vote for or announce these uh, criminal referrals.
3: Well, they're going to vote on them. Yes, yeah, so we'll find out what they for are. For
1: whom they uh, will for be whom, referring them to the Department of Justice.
3: For whom the bell tolls.
1: Correct. And uh, and I guess also announcing the release of their final report since they're going to be dissolved, the January 6th committee at the end of this Congress as <laughs> the uh, Republicans come in, in January.
3: Yeah, I think it's highly unlikely that the new Republican House majority will want to continue investigating that. So.
1: Well, you know, Donald Trump has been Uh, very critical that this what does he call it the unselect committee the unselect (laughs) January 6th committee has not bothered at all to look at all of the mountain of evidence that the 2020 election was a fraud and was stolen (laughs) and he's very upset about that now you may laugh But don't be surprised if the Republicans decide to put together a January 6th committee to 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 look at the fraudulent 2020 election.
3: I think they're also going to put together a committee to investigate the January 6th committee and the people on there. Yes, there you go.
1: And by the way, for all the people freaking out about all of the dumb uh, investigations that are being promised by Republicans next year, don't freak out. They're stupid investigations, and they will reveal themselves as really, really dumb all along the way. Does nobody here remember the endless Benghazi investigations? Uh, Don't worry. Uh, Let these guys uh, give them enough rope. They will hang themselves. True. Promise. All right. Anything else? No. Nope. All right. That's it. We uh, We will see you here soon. Uh, But you can, uh, my thanks to our guest today, Susan Greenhall of freespeechforpeople.org, as well, my thanks to our producer, as always, Desi Doyen, and to all of you for spending a portion of your day or night with us. If you missed any portion of today's program, you can download it anytime for free at bradblog.com, along with all of our programs, always free, no paywall. Thanks to those of you kind enough to hit one of those donate buttons at bradblog.com or just go to bradblog.com slash donate. Thank you for keeping us in mind for your end-of-year giving. Those uh, folks who have helped us out uh, in recent days, we are greatly appreciative. Thank you. Drop me email if you like. I'm bradcast at bradblog.com. And on the Facebooks, Twitters, and Mastodons, I am the Brad blog. We will see you there until we see you here next time. I'm Brad Friedman. Good luck, world.
4: If you sometimes wonder whether Congress is obtuse, narcissistic, or just stupid... Senator Joe Manchin is evidence that the answer is yes. Plus, these days, the West Virginia corporate Democrat is mad in both senses of the word. First, he's mad at Representatives Pramila Jayapal, Raul Grijalva, and other gutsy progressive members of the U.S. House. They rose up against their own party leaders this month to kill Manchin's corrupt backdoor effort to force his massive Mountain Valley Pipeline down the throats of rural and small-town people in his own state. Local people have repeatedly defeated this foul fossil fuel boondoggle, but their senator kept conniving with industry lobbyists and congressional leaders to revive it, trying to stiff the public will. His latest gambit was to hide the MVP scam in the humongous $850 billion military budget, hoping no one would notice. But Jayapal, Grijalva, and a Few other progressive leaders did notice, and they had the chutzpah and the votes to strip it out of the Pentagon bill. This drove the plutocratic senator from being mad, as in angry, to going mad, as in nutty. The defeat of his political scheme, he wailed, was the result of, quote, toxic tribal politics, adding that this is why the American people hate politics in Washington. Get a grip, Joe. You're the one in Washington sneaking around to help the super-rich corporate tribe rig government rules to extract more profit from actual toxic contamination of people, whole communities, and Mother Nature. You and your corrupt cohorts are why millions of Americans hate Washington politics. This is Jim Hightower saying, "Oh." And by the way, Senator, if you really think toxic gas pipelines are essential for America's energy future, why don't you and your industry funders run some under your neighborhoods for a change?